This is Adam Gorney, the National Recruiting Director at Rivals, here with our first guest on a busy signing day already. For Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, it has been uh, not so busy. Uh, 21 in, 21 signed. It's uh, It's been pretty nice. What what has been the first few weeks been like for you, Marcus? It, you know, there was a flight tracker tracking you around the country. Um, you were everywhere doing everything. What, what has it been like for you? Well, it's been nonstop. It's a whirlwind um, from the moment. You know, you find out you're having a head coach and change to the things necessary you have to do to become the next head coach here. And uh, then having your press conference and getting on a plane. And I think they said I got to about 14 states and um, put some some serious miles. And so, you know, what? It, it's it's been awesome. And it's what you expect when you're the head coach at Notre Dame. And uh, I understand the things that I'm doing are of utmost importance. So, uh, you know, I can't complain too much. That video that went out, everybody saw it. You announcing to the team that you had gotten the job, them hugging you, loving you up. What was that feeling like for you? And, and what did that mean to you? Obviously, it's very surreal, you know, to be able to. We've had those moments as a defense, right? Because that's the type of leader I am. I, I give these kids my heart and you push them and you motivate them to get to their goals. But, you know, to do it as a whole team, an entire team and do it as the head coach um, was a very surreal feeling. But, you know, that's that's what I want our kids to understand this isn't about anything else except for this football family and that you know what we're in this thing together right this whatever we're going to do whatever we're going to accomplish we're going to do it together and um, i'm so excited for our future what's it like talking to a quarterback through a coaching change steve angeli obviously had been committed for a long time um what was that like and what do you like about angeli in your system now well, I think you got to lean on the guy that has the biggest relationship with him, and that's the offensive coordinator and Tommy Reese. And so Tommy did an unbelievable job of keeping Steve in, right? Steve is the leader. He's the captain. He's the quarterback of this class. And so all I wanted to do is let Steve know that, hey, I'm embracing you. You know, you've been committed here. And as the head coach, you are what we need to lead this class to where we want to go. And so um, I had to make sure I got up there to see him. And, and I did. I was able to get up to Jersey and spend some time with his family. And then they were able to come back here on an official visit because I'm a new head coach. And again, it's about developing that relationship. Tommy's done an unbelievable job with the relationship. And now as a head coach, I'm trying to build that trust with Steve, obviously being the quarterback of the future. And so um, it's it's been good. It's day by day. Tommy had options. I mean, he could have gone other places. Um, what were your conversations like with him to keep him at Notre Dame and to keep this class together? Because he had certainly helped with that. Yeah. I mean, this is Tommy's school. Tommy bled for this place. Tommy has helped, you know, put Notre Dame in the position it's in today. And I told him, this is your school. This is your alma mater. And, and you know, it's going to be unique working for a defensive head coach. You know, I'm not an offensive guru and I'm not a defensive guru, but you know, Tommy, this is a chance for you to grow. And I told him that. And I thought, you know, Billy, for him to be an offensive coordinator and truly run that side of the ball and, and to make sure that, you know, he has a, a lot of opinions and autonomy and what we do on the offensive side of the ball, the coaching hires and things like that. It was something that I think intrigued him. Um, but more important than anything was him to play, him to coach for his university, right? Him to coach for his former team and the place that he got his education. Notre Dame obviously is going to be known for offensive linemen. The class he put together is phenomenal. We really love Ty Chan, Billy Schroth. What kind of class do you think you have along the offensive line here? I love them too, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not an offensive line guru, but Tommy said these are the guys that are going to help get us to the national championship. And so all I want to do is try to keep them in place, right? And Billy's a kid that we had to go and kind of, 
you know, kind of squeeze a little bit and develop that relationship and get him to say yes. And he did. And um, the rest of the four were already committed. And so to be able to keep those guys in place and add Billy to that class, um, our offensive line has, has a tradition and a history of being extremely talented and doing it, play at an extremely high level. And I think the future is bright. Speaking of defense, a guy you must love is Jalen Snead. I mean, a guy that can cover, run, hit, do everything. What did you see from him early on? getting him committed and now signed with with really little fanfare there. Yeah, well, you know, I've had a, a connection, a relationship with his head coach for a long time, being from Ohio. And, and Jalen was a kid I knew about early on in the process. And the minute I became the defensive coordinator here at Notre Dame, he was a kid I went after. And so we were able to develop a relationship, um, you know, through his head coach and obviously um, getting him here in the summer for an official visit, getting his family here. Um, he was a kid that committed and um, he's, he just continues to get better. You know, he is a extremely talented player that hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be. And so I'm excited for his future and what he can do here at Notre Dame. Last thing, Marcus, is Tobias Merriweather. You're, you're going to need playmakers on the outside. I, I don't think that's any secret. He, you know, obviously there were some storylines heading into signing day. Um, how important was it to keep him? How did that relationship build in the, in the couple weeks that you had to really solidify that thing? Well, that's one of the first places we went on that Monday after my press conference. We stopped and we saw Billy in Wisconsin. We flew straight to Washington. And so I knew how important that was to keep him. And, you know, his his mind was all over the place. And so we had to try to get in his home, develop that relationship and tell him, hey, man, things aren't changing here at Notre Dame. Leadership might be changing, but the future isn't changing. And so um, he stayed strong to his commitment and uh, I couldn't be more thrilled to have him here. That is new Notre Dame coach Marcus Freeman. Uh, he has promised to come on every year on signing day, and uh, we're going we're gonna to keep him on. Thank, thanks for joining us, Marcus. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. This is Adam Gorney here for Rivals Signing Day Show with Florida State coach Mike Norvell. And, Mike, you're now the longest tenured coach in the state of Florida. What, is that, uh, what does that feel like, you know, two and a half years in here? <laughs> Well, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new day in college athletics and, um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity that we have. And, uh, you know, as, as we went through these uh, last few years, um, you know, there's been some challenges that have presented itself, but, uh, you know, really proud of the foundation that we're laying and, and the way that our guys have responded, uh, you know, throughout these, uh, um, these, these last uh, couple of years, especially this past season, um, you know, just throughout the back half of the season, uh, the, the way that they came together, they continue to work, continue to fight, uh, continue to believe in, uh, in what we're doing. And you know, I think it sets up for great days ahead. And, uh, you know, obviously today on signing day, uh, you know, a big uh, a big part of uh, you know, what the future holds and some of the young men that we're able to, to bring into the program, not only today, but over these next uh, next few days. And then uh, you know, as it as it goes through uh, through February. That was sort of a joke, but 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 seriously, I mean, how long does it take to to really just lay the foundation that you envision and then get that buy in and then to be able to recruit to that as well? Well, you know, coming in, every every situation is is unique to its own. And, uh, you know, you look at Florida State and, you know, over the last few years, I mean, there's been a lot of change. And, you know, you look at the you know, head coaches, um, you know, having uh, you know, three different head coaches, you know, and then, you know, even on top of that, the number of coordinator changes that were, you know, throughout that that period of time. Um, you know, it's those are challenges for, for these young men that uh, of all the things that they've had to work through. Um, you know, when, when I came in, you know, the biggest the, the biggest focus was, you know, on the culture, on the understanding. Of, uh, of what we had to establish, you know, building that foundation the right way, uh, built off work and relationships.
relationships and, and finding the right fit for Florida State. Um, and, you know, I'm really pleased with the, uh, the, the steps that we've taken. Um, you know, excited about, uh, you, know, you know, where we are and, and the progress that, that we've seen. Uh, but I, I do believe that uh, you know, we have great days ahead and uh, they're right there on the horizon. Quarterback A.J. Duffy is a kid from California who then transferred to IMG. You got him in the class. How important of a player is he? What talent does he bring to you? I mean, he's a great player, you know, so versatile in his skill set, uh, you know, the different things that he can do uh, with his arm, obviously making all the different throws uh, across the football field. Uh, but then, you know, also with his legs, you know, he's a son of a coach, you know, very smart young man, uh, understands you know how to process, you know, uh, he was a, a real student of the game, he had a tremendous work ethic. Uh, you know, I think as you look at him, you know, of the decision he made this last year and going to IMG, uh, you know, really kind of pull him out of his comfort zone and to be able to go and, and lead a, a different group of guys, um, you know, I think that does nothing but prepare him for what he's about to experience here coming to college. But, uh, you know, I think he's a tremendous talent, um, but uh, you know, also a tremendous leader and, and young man that, that, that we're definitely excited about, uh, uh, you know, here at Florida State. One, one of the things that you needed to attack early on was offensive line, either, you know, from a skill pr perspective or a depth perspective. It seems like in this class that was addressed. It seemed like a focus. Just talk about some of those guys that really stand out and and really, if that was one of the, the key points that you wanted to have here. No, I mean, absolutely. It was a, uh, it was a big focus of what we were trying to do, uh, you know, being able to, to add guys um, like Jalen Early out of Dallas, Texas, was, it was a big time, uh, uh, you know, focus of ours. Uh, you know, Kaniya Charlton, uh, you know, that, uh, that, came, that you know, papers came in this morning, uh, was, we're excited about Quayshawn Sapp, Dachi Richardson. Um, you know, we've got, a, we've got a couple of others that, um, you know, looking forward to adding as, as this uh, process continues, but uh, yeah, that was big, you know, it was not just uh, the skill, but also the size we had to get bigger. We had, we, we needed to get longer. Um, that was a, uh, it was something that I uh, believe that we did a great job in addressing, um, but also guys that, uh, you know, they love to work. And, um, you know, we've got some, we, we played with a lot of youth uh, across the offensive line in the last couple of years. And, and, you know, as they continue to grow and develop with the additions of the guys that we're bringing in here today and, and, and throughout the course of uh, this signing class, um, and I think it, it's got a chance to, uh, to really be a special group. I think another focus, and I could be wrong, but you could definitely clear this up, is just guys that you can get the ball, doesn't matter about size, just getting them the ball in space and letting them make things happen. You know, Rodney Hill, some other guys, just, just kind of talk about that and if you felt like you needed to address that here. Yeah, you know, do, you know, that's something. Just finding playmakers, and uh, you know, it's you're starting off this morning. Uh, the first first uh, uh, letter of intent that came through was Sam McCall, and Sam is a tremendous athlete. Uh, you know, coming out, out of Lakeland, Florida, you know, a guy that is, is dynamic. You know, in the defensive backfield, but also in the return game. You know, what he can do. Uh, you know, with, with the ball in his hand, and uh, you, he's he's an exciting to, exciting piece that we've been able to add to the roster. Um, you know, you look at uh, you know, Rodney Hill. I think you know, Rodney's one of those guys that's kind of flown under. Radar, uh, you know, out of, out of Southeast Georgia, um, you know, is really, uh, you know, a, a dynamic player with with great speed, acceleration. Uh, you were excited to see how he's going to be able to grow and, and develop within the program, but uh, that's something that, that we know that we needed. Um, you know, Florida State is has got a great tradition of, of you know dynamic players and and playmate guys with playmaking ability, and that's something that uh, you know, we definitely have to uh, continue to build upon. And I think we're taking the proper steps uh, with with this class and uh, and and the previous classes of who we've been able to bring in specifically on Sam McCall how good could he be how special is he going to be I think as a defensive back for you guys 
Yeah, you know, I, I think the sky's the limit for Sam. You know, tremendous length, athleticism, you know, his change of direction, acceleration, uh, all the things that you need. And then, you know, anytime you've got a defensive back with the, with those type of ball skills, uh, I mean, I think it, it it allows you to have, you know, incredible game-changing plays. And so uh, we're, we're definitely excited about what Sam McCall brings to this program. Great. Florida State coach Mike Norvell, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, and go Knowles. This is Adam Gorney, uh, the National Recruiting Director at Rivals, here with Penn State coach James Franklin on National Signing Day, uh, the new National Signing Day, really. And it looks like almost all of your class is in already. What, what's it like before noon to not exactly be done, but to, but to have this wrapped up pretty well? Yeah, I've been doing this for 12 years now as, as a head coach, and knock on wood, uh, we, we've been pretty drama-free. Um, we try to you know, make sure we do a great job of communicating with the prospects, their parents and their high school coach. Uh, we have a competition who can get it in earliest at seven o'clock uh, on signing day. Um, and typically, uh, we, like I said, we haven't had a whole lot of drama. They come in, we're able to announce the class, we're able to celebrate it. Um, I usually sleep well you know, the night before. Um, there's, there, you know, there's a few surprises here or there, but for the most part over 12 years, um, our process has allowed us to, to reduce some of the drama. Let's start at quarterback. Uh, and we could talk about both, but, but Drew Allar, how good can he be? What do you see out of him? Maybe a comparison. Yeah, I, it's hard to do the comparison stuff, yeah. but, um, you know, obviously you know, you're talking about a guy that kind of did it the old, the old way, right? The old school way in yeah. terms of, you know, he was a, a guy that I think people respected and liked, but as people got a chance to see him um, get into his senior year, some of the some of the combines and workouts he went to, he just kept impressing. And I think when we originally got him committed, I think he was a three-star guy, and now he ends up, you know, maybe what what some people have him as the as the number one ranked quarterback in the country, uh, big strong, more athletic than you think, can make plays with his feet. There's evidence of that on film. They threw it all over the field. Uh, they won a bunch of games and games that their school traditionally had not had not won before. So all those things are telling. You know, and then obviously we got a kid that, that in, in the state of Pennsylvania, and Bo Prabula, uh, had an unbelievable year as well. You look at his statistics and what he was able to do. Um, you know, we, we got two, two great guys that, that we're very, very excited about, you know, joining our program. You know, recruiting as well as anybody out there, when a kid like Drew commits like that, and then his recruitment really even ramps up a whole lot more. Does, does recruiting really start after the commitment, if you know what I mean? Well, I think it really, again, I think it depends on your process. You know, we, we don't yeah. ever pressure kids into committing. Um, I would rather a kid not commit. Um, than to commit and change your mind down the road. So we go through that in detail. You know, really the only things that, that we talked about was, you know, throughout the year, my name was mentioned with a few, uh, you know, with a few situations going on out there. So those were, those were really the only things that me and the parents ever talked about. Um, he had a bunch of coaches coming to the school and trying to call them. And, you know, just, just, a, just a family and a kid, uh, that that really did it the right way and never wavered and showed unbelievable character and integrity throughout the entire process. As you know, Adam, that's easier said than done. Um, so, you know, I, I just take that as you talk about how, however he's ranked, that takes him to a whole nother category. 
um, and how he went about his business and how he handled it. Let's talk about your running backs. Penn State's known as a, as a running back university, obviously. Two kind of different styles here, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. What do you see from them? How do you kind of envision using them in your offense? Well, both of them are graduating early, and they'll be here in a week or so, so that, that's going to help too. Um, obviously, Nick um, has got the, the testing numbers that we think he can go 80, which, which we need. Um, obviously, we've had a, a really good run at keeping Pennsylvania running backs home and then them guys you know, turning out to be unbelievable college and NFL players and, and Saquon and Miles. Um, so I think I think Nick's got a chance to to build on that. But the interesting thing is it's not like, you know, when you compare him and Katron and Katron's been as big as I think 225 pounds, but Katron tries to punish you. You know, he'll he'll finish some runs and he's got a physical style of running. But it's not like, you know, then you say, OK, well, Nick is this undersized speed back. Nick's 215 pounds himself. So. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I can't imagine that anybody signed a better running back class than we did. Um, and those guys are going to have an opportunity to come in and compete from day one. Caden Saunders, a lot of people say Jahan Dotson. I think he's actually bigger. Um, just the guy that gets open and catches the ball all the time and really just separates. How do you kind of envision him using him, throwing the ball all day to him? I think he's a mix between Jahan Dotson and KJ. KJ Hamler, which is a pretty good combination of people to be compared to. Um, yeah, I think I think if I remember correctly, I think Jahan was about 158 pounds when he showed up on campus. Uh, Caden already weighs 170 right now, uh, so I think that's that's a fair comparison. Um, but you know, I, it's more than that. You know, uh, Caden was the first commit of the class and, and never wavered, and was kind of the lead recruiter in getting other guys to come as well. Um, and he's an electric guy. One of the things I love about all of our recruits, but Caden's the same way is, you know, the guys that we recruit should really dominate on both sides of the ball. You know, that, that's the type of guys that we're recruiting and Caden, you know, you could make the argument, you watch some of his corner tape, he'll come up and smack you and he's got ball skills. And, and to me, the more guys you can get like that in your class, the better, you know, they, they really should be a high level player that you could consider uh, playing on either side of the ball. And we got our coaches right now, fighting for guys. Everyone loves edge rushers. Uh, I think it's, you know, no, no secret there. Uh, deny Dennis Sutton is, is, could be a special one. Looks great. You know, that long angular length. Um, is he going to come off the edge for you? How, how do you kind of see him fitting into that defense? Yeah. Well, not only that, you know, a lot of times those edge rushers, you know, they, they may need a year in the weight room to get bigger and stronger to compete at this level. You're talking about a guy that's already 255 pounds, you know, so I wish he was graduating early, but I think he's got a chance with his maturity. We've had a ton of success from that high school. Um, I, I think with his maturity and his football IQ, I think he's got a chance to come in and, and have a chance to be a rotational guy from day one, which we're going to need, you know, which we're going to need. So we're excited about him. But I think his combination of speed, size, power um, gives him an opportunity to be able to be a, a impact player as a freshman, which is unusual on the offense and defensive line, as you know. Perfect. That is Penn State coach James Franklin. James, thanks for joining us today. Adam, always great to always great to be on with you. Appreciate your time. Okay. It's Adam Gorney from Rivals here with Maryland coach Mike Loxley, who had a busy morning, very productive, Mike. Uh, 
how happy are you with the way things turned out and and how long were these things in motion because for some of these guys uh they had just really committed yeah obviously anytime we're able to improve our team and and you know in recruiting that's the goal is to find a way to improve your team and we feel like we've done that with this class i, I can tell you i'm operating off of very little sleep because this wasn't uh something that was planned this wasn't as if we you know, had it under our hat that we'd get some of these guys to jump on board. But our staff, uh, recruiting staff and coaches did a tremendous job of just continuing to be diligent and getting the information to the parents. And, you know, we were able to, to, to close on some guys that, you know, looked kind of bleak earlier in the week. And, you know, we finished strong, which to me is really, really important uh, in the recruiting process to finish the finish strong. We obviously want to talk about Jayshon Barham. And, you know, you could tell the story probably better than anybody, but we had heard that, you know, he was really Maryland, then it was another school, then he wasn't sure about what he wanted to do, and he signs with you guys. How did that kind of all come together? Because, like you said, this didn't look like it was going to happen, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, every recruiting process is fairly unique in itself, and and, and Jay Sean was one. I know being involved along with Coach Brooks and Coach Evans, who both uh, – the recruiting coach and the position coach have all been heavily involved. And he's one of those guys that, that didn't really like the recruiting process. It's not like he was a guy that was, you know, all over the internet. You knew what he was thinking. Um, you never, I never really got a good feel as to, to what he was going to do. And he's one of those guys that played it really close to the vest. And I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't shocked when I saw him pick up a, a South Carolina shirt on, on, on Saturday um, but it didn't surprise me because I never felt or no one I'm sure ever felt whether or not knew whether or not they were going to get him. And so uh, once he did pick it up, it's like we say, I mean, that's when that the target is on the that, that team. And, uh, you know, we did everything we could to show him what Maryland had to offer, um, the benefits of staying close to home, um, you know, being able to play in close proximity to his mom, his dad, his family. Uh, and, and those and our coaches just really stayed uh, stayed on him throughout the last couple of days. But a lot of it ultimately came down to him and, and maybe his comfort level uh, with going so far away from home. And and I can tell you, it was in the wee hours of last night that and even until this morning, until we you know, I woke up and FaceTimed him and, and he said, hey, coach, I'm doing it. And I was like, well, we'll see. And, and it was pretty it was pretty nice to, to get that 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 uh, email through there. Another guy that you, you know, really worked on late here is uh, offensive lineman Andre Roy. How uh, how important was that one? And were you kind of confident down the stretch, or was that another one that was really kind of surprising you? No, I mean, again, I would not be telling the truth if I ever told you I was confident on any of these. I mean, I've had closes in the last few years where you, I kind of knew that we were close, but but these were, like I said, last minute decisions by these kids and. Uh, you know, them, it weighed very heavily. I mean, this recruiting process, at least with these two, seemed to go back and forth. You know, I know with, with Dre, it, it was three schools. And, um, you know, again, I think it helped uh, knowing that a couple of his teammates were here, former teammates up, up front. Um, it helped maybe knowing that there was a chance that that, uh, that Jay Sean may be coming. But I think ultimately they both made the individual decision that they wanted to stay home and help build this program. And, uh, you know, for us to take the next step as a program, it's, it starts with being able to 
solidify the, the walls around this DMV area and, and try to do our best to to get the right top players in this area. You know, it's always about getting the right fit, the right players, uh, and not necessarily getting every player. Yeah, other guys that essentially were committed to other schools and ended up at Maryland, Ramon Brown, Octavian Smith. You've also dipped into Florida for some guys, and, and that has been obviously fertile recruiting territory for everybody. Um, you've had luck down there. How important is it to, yes, close off the DMV, keep Maryland kids home, but also dip in there for some guys? Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we've got natural ties in those areas. As I've said before, Brian Williams, who's uh, played down in the Miami area, uh, played college ball up in, in, in Tallahassee there. Uh, Brawley Evans goes down in the Tampa region. Um, Mike Miller spent time in, in the Palm Beach area. So we've got guys that have some natural uh, relationships in those areas, which allow us to be able to dip down. But ultimately, you know, the nucleus of our class will be a three to four hour radius of our campus. Um, and then we'll go down to where the, you know, players are, which to me, Florida, Texas, you know, even California. We've got a guy out of California a couple of years ago. So, you know, we've got to recruit the, the fertile areas, but we do know that we've got to get the brunt of our talent uh, for our team. We don't have to go very far. And if we do a great job of taking care of our own backyard first and that before we go cutting our neighbor's yards, that we'll have a pretty good chance to uh, continue to grow this Maryland brand. That's great. Maryland coach Mike Loxley, thanks for joining us today on Rivals. Thank you. All right. This is Adam Gorney from Rivals here with Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz on signing day, the, the real signing day, I guess, right? Right, Eli, this is this is it for now? Well, I don't know if this is the real signing day or just like a starting point. Um, obviously, they've got 48 hours to sign NILs, NLIs. I don't, I don't even know if I keep track anymore. Right. But then you got the transfer portal and all the different things that occur with that from an enrollment standpoint. And then obviously you have the next signing period, uh, which is the first Wednesday in February. So the thing that I'm just reminding our staff uh, and, and our recruiting staff and everybody is today is just really a start where you can, um, you know, finalize the pieces that have been committed to you for a while, um, but you're still working on continuing to bring people in because it's, it's, as you can see throughout the day, it is not over yet. Yeah, now that, you know, you're well-established there and kind of get a better feel, every, every coach really, for the transfer portal, that this is really just one piece now of a recruiting year-long calendar how do you kind of envision personally using that in the program to enhance whatever you might need later you know yeah you know we've kind of adopted the philosophy of you always want to build your program through high school recruiting and so as that normal uh cycle of seniors moving out and you replacing those seniors with high school uh recruits that that's kind of our plan and then we supplement the the roster um with the attrition numbers, whether we lose players to transfer portal or for whatever reasons, when they leave, um, we will utilize the transfer portal to kind of replace them. You still have to have balance uh, within your roster, meaning you can't have too many seniors or too many juniors. You have to have it spread out through your classes. Uh, and for us, that's kind of our philosophy um, of building it through high school recruiting and then supplementing uh, what your needs are through the transfer portal. Let's talk quarterback Sam Horn. We love him. I think he's phenomenal and very talented player that is going to a system that really seems to fit exactly his strengths. What, when did you really get super involved and, and target him as the guy that you want in this class? 
you know, really, um, I, I believe it was really last September as we watched his first three games. Um, and I personally took a, took a strong, uh, uh, stance in his recruiting and, and personally engaged in recruiting him, being the quarterback's coach and the play caller, and just felt like there were so many things that I, he was doing really well. You know, he was a wing T quarterback and, and really didn't play quarterback until eighth grade. And so for him to transition, um, he, he plays the position with a lot of toughness and competitive fire uh, to lead his team last year to the state championship game and then to come back this year and um, undefeated number one team in the state of Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're playing in the national championship, some sort of national championship in Vegas this weekend. I think he's an elite-level player. Uh, he's got tremendous arm talent. Um, you know, his great uncle, Claire Houston, actually played football here at Missouri and was is in the Missouri uh, Football Hall of Fame uh, as both a football player and baseball player and ran track here. So, there's a unique family tie uh, that makes him a special fit for the University of Missouri. Everyone obviously is going to want to talk about Luther Burden, and so, so do I. Uh, he is the number one receiver in the class. When he committed, you shot your shot. That was definitely a viral video that we all liked very much and followed. It was, it was great to see. How special can he be? How much do you want to really utilize his abilities on the field? I think you you don't want to put undue expectations on young men. I think for us, just being able to recruit the number one player at their position and get them to come to Missouri in and of itself was a big win for us. Um, just being able to prove that this is a place that people can come to and choose to come. Um, obviously, he's got a unique skill set and talent. Had over a thousand yards receiving, returned eight punts for touchdown. Had four of them returned called back. Um, so the guy is is unbelievably explosive with the ball in his hands. He makes it look easy and effortless uh, as he plays the game. So, you know, he's got the ability to, to be a contributor. Obviously, he's going to have to come in and work. I think the thing I'm most excited about him is that he's an early enrollee. And so he'll get the uh, chance this spring to come in and really prove his chops and show us what he can do uh, really early. He had that press conference. How when did you know? Did you know when he put the hat on? Did you know earlier? Because it seemed like to to the end, he was really making it pretty uh, pretty mysterious. <laughs> you never know until they commit. Uh, yeah. you just you just never know. Um, I felt like we had done a really good job putting our best foot forward, uh, but I didn't like the fact that another school had had the the last official visit, and that's always very difficult to overcome. And and so. Um, you know, you, you, you just weren't quite sure. Um, when he picked us, though, it was a relief. And then crud this morning, his dad couldn't find the papers. And I had a whole new, you know, set of alarm. I lost at least half of my head of hair, uh, worried about that. Somebody said, why are you paranoid? I said, they pay me to be paranoid. Uh, so, but, but he's all good now. He's a tiger and, and, uh, man, it's, it's big time for us. Last thing. And, and I think Missouri in particular, um, needs to keep local kids home, needs to win St. Louis, needs yeah. to in-state, even you know across the river into East St. Louis, uh, crucially important. And then you backed it up this year, you know, going and getting a ton of guys, Isaac Thompson, um, you know, we could go down the list, Marquise Gracie, a lot of guys. How much of a, just a focus is that for you to make sure that that continues? You have to start where you have built-in advantages in recruiting, and I think anytime uh, you can convince somebody to play at home and give them those advantages, that's the best that you can do. 
Uh, obviously, Marquise Graciel, Armand Nimbo, uh, Makai Miller, Tristan Wilson, uh, like we said, Isaac Thompson, Jamarian Wayne's a freak athlete, Luther Burden, Jalen Marshall. I mean, these guys are guys that could have gone to a lot of different places and a lot of different conferences. And as we've seen throughout the college football world, whether it's Hassan Haskins or um, Kyron Williams or uh, uh, the wide receiver at, at Alabama, I mean, these guys are elite level players uh, that are from our state. And, and we've got to do a better job of keeping those guys here if we want to be in the conversation for the college football playoff or competitive in the SEC East. Um, the best way to do that is to keep your best players at home. And so that's a focus for us. Obviously, it's all about the right fit. You know, you got to find the right fit for players and, and it's got to fit you. But um, we certainly have our arms wide open for these guys. Wouldn't you have loved the shot to keep Ezekiel Elliott home? Wouldn't that have been, that would parents, have been nice? Huh? His parents went to Mizzou. So, yeah, yeah right. I'd, like, I'd have liked a shot at that one. Right. Eli, thanks so much for joining us. That is Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz here with Adam Gorney for Rivals. I appreciate you all very much. Have a great day. Okay. This is Adam Gorney, Rivals.com, here with Purdue coach Jeff Brom on signing day, December 15th, right? This is the one that counts now, Jeff? Well, it's an important day without question. And uh, a lot of the work is done uh, for this signing day. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys have been, been recruited for a long time and uh, they want to put their name uh, on ink and uh, get a place for themselves. And, uh, you know, we're excited. We got a lot of uh, really good uh, recruits we have coming in that we feel great about. We got to develop a, a strong relationship with all of them and their families. And I think, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting them here some early and some uh, in the summer. Let's talk about quarterback. Obviously, a big position. You were a quarterback. You know very well. Brady Allen, what did you see from him so early to make him such a big target? And then the production that he's had through his high school career has been pretty in incredible. Well, first off, uh, when we recruit the, the state of Indiana, we want to make sure we make that a priority. And anybody that uh, we feel like can uh, do a great job at Purdue and uh, make a name for themselves, we want to try to make it happen. And uh, Brady, Brady Allen is a tremendous talent. He's big, he's tall, he can throw the football, just a tremendous person of high character, great work ethic, uh, really wanted to be at Purdue and, and uh, come somewhere where he can really throw the football and, and showcase what he's all about. Uh, he understands we've got you know, talented receivers and weapons for him uh, when he gets here. And uh, I think he has the capability of being an outstanding quarterback. And we're looking forward to getting him here. Uh, he's gonna be able to enroll early and, and get a chance and jumpstart this spring. And I think uh, he has a bright future. How important is that to get a quarterback, maybe not first, but early in your recruiting class, just to set the tone for what you want to do, and then he can go out and kind of be that voice to, to get other guys to, to be in that class as well? Well, quarterback's an important position, and you want to make sure you have somebody that um, you know can help you win football games, be a great leader, uh, manage the offense, make good decisions. Uh, Brady's been a tremendous recruiter for us. Uh, he got on board early. Uh, he let people know. Uh, what he wanted to do and how he wanted to make a name for himself and help the Purdue program uh, elevate to a higher level. And uh, he's just been constantly involved in our recruiting. Uh, he wants good players and weapons around him. He wants good people that want to be here and, um, you know, showcase what they're all about. So uh, we're excited to finally get him here coming up uh, here in a couple months. And uh, I just think they'll do a great job. You guys threw the ball more than 500 times this year. Uh, that helps when you have a very talented quarterback and David Bell and Milton Wright and all those guys. But is that really kind of 
a huge selling point in recruiting for skill guys that you're not just going to run run the ball every down. You're gonna you're gonna get it out and you're gonna move the ball and score points. I think so. I think uh, when it comes to you know putting your name on a map, uh, showcasing your talents uh, at an early stage, um, you know going somewhere, playing great competition in a tremendous conference, uh, and playing in a really good offense that's going to allow you to do that. This is uh, without question we think is a tremendous choice and. Um, I think we have the the stats and the receivers and the weapons and the uh, the recruits that have come here and, and done a great job to prove that uh, to back it up. Uh, we want to continue to build on that. Really, it's about you know winning football games. It's about making the game exciting and fun to play in and fun to watch and uh, trying to you know play talented football teams with a lot of history and tradition and pulling off some upsets and having fun with it. Uh, but I just think um, you know if you want to come somewhere and get a chance to play early and. and um, you know, put your name out there and, and show the world what you really can do. Uh, we've got the offense here to do it. Definitely, definitely can move it down the field. Part of that, though, is building up front. And, and it seems like offensive line was a focus in this class. Did it just happen that you kind of loaded up on those guys? Or was it was it really a pointed thing that you wanted to get offensive linemen in this group? Well, I think our strategy every year here is to, you know, actually – sign or oversign on the offensive line and defensive line. We want to make sure that we make that a position of priority. And, um, you know, sometimes those guys will come in ready to go. Other times you have to develop them, and uh, that's understandable. Uh, you're playing against high caliber, high level um, people on both sides of the ball. you got to get in the weight room. you got to understand uh, the game and how it works. You've got to be able to react quickly uh, and still play with power and leverage and find ways to to do things correctly. And our offensive line uh, really has improved this past year. Did a really good job protecting our quarterback. Uh, got better as the year went on. Uh, and we feel like the, the four offensive linemen we signed this year uh, coming from the high school ranks uh, can be really good players for us. And it may not be year one, but uh, it'll be here soon. And, I, and I'm looking forward to getting them out there and uh, helping them develop and get them up on the field as fast as they can. Speaking about winning the state, and this is the last question is, Joe Strickland is a you know, four-star guy for us on the defensive line, an in-state kid, very talented. When did you feel like you were really in it for him and, and can get him? And, and what do you kind of see for him developing over the years into? I think day one, we felt good about Joe Strickland. Uh, he'd been on campus numerous times. Uh, we recruited him extremely hard. Uh, we feel like he can be a tremendous uh, player, and he has an opportunity to come here and play early and right away. Uh, Fortunately for us, we had success with George Karloftis, who had uh, the opportunity to go anywhere in the country he wanted. He chose to come and, and represent his state and make a name for himself, and he did it year one. And then he continued to improve upon that. Got a little injured the second year, but this past year was outstanding. Uh, played at an All-American level, and uh, really now is moving on to the next step uh, in three years and getting a degree. So I think Joe Strickland is the next one. Uh, that we feel like is going to have an opportunity to come here and, and get on the field right away. Uh, he has a great work ethic, just like George. Uh, he really spends the time and effort to be great. Uh, play that Purdue means something to him. He's been a great recruiter for us as well. And I just think he has a tremendously bright future and uh, has a work ethic and the makeup to be outstanding. Great. That is Purdue coach Jeff Brom. I'm Adam Gorney for Rivals.com. This is Adam Gorney from Rivals here with South Carolina coach Shane Beamer. Shane, early signing day is is the big signing day, but there's still a lot of movement to go on and, and things like that. How did today go for you? How did it kind of go in this week heading into signing day? Yeah, it went well. Um, you know, the bulk of this class, which I'm proud of, I mean, they've been 
I think all but three, they've been committed to us since pretty much the summertime and uh, excited because they stayed committed and had plenty of people trying to come after them throughout the fall and, and winter. So the bulk of those guys signed, which I think says something about those guys. Uh, we closed, you know, really well here in the last week with Stone Blanton and, and uh, Xavier Short and DeAndre Martin, three guys that were our most recent, you know, commitments. So excited about that. And then, you know, we still pl have plenty of flexibility going into uh, uh, the next signing period as well. So we're happy about where we are and uh, certainly have some areas we've got to continue to attack going forward and plan to do that. I think one of the ideas for the early signing period was guys who were committed super long, just get it over with. They don't have to be continue to be recruited through December and January. But really, has, has the calendar just moved up? And now as you're finishing your season, you're dealing with what you used to deal with in January, February, or does it or have you seen yeah, that? A little kind of bit. And, and, and I agree with you. And, and I still think I still like the period being where it is for that very reason, you know, that the, the amount of guys that have been committed to us since, you know, some of these guys have been committed to us since the springtime that they know where they're going and they know that I'm not going anywhere and, and they want to be Gamecocks, let them go ahead and sign. And then if you don't want to sign and just have to, but uh, it makes December busier. You know, I mean, the last four seasons, three at uh, Oklahoma and one at Georgia, we were playing in a conference championship game. So you lose a week of recruiting because you're preparing for that game. And this year, I mean, I had two full weeks where I was able to go out on the road and recruit, but it certainly makes you say to yourself, man, I mean, that really is a grind during that time. If you're one of the teams that plays in the championship game to try and get out as a coach and see everybody uh, before signing day, um, you know, so there's certainly some positives in the way it is and it's a, it's different, but we're all dealing with it and, and uh, fired up about the group that we signed today that, that, that has been committed to us here for a while. I did want to ask about that too. And a big, kind of a bigger picture as you're out on the road in December and, you know, jobs are opening, Virginia tech opens, Oklahoma opens, obviously your name is mentioned. How do you kind of handle that just personally as a coach to tell people, I want to build something here in Columbia and I'm not doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, uh, the Virginia tech one, that one popped as I was here, we were getting ready for a game, I guess, cause that was still in the season and, and, and my name was naturally connected to it. And I didn't really have to deal no, no recruits specifically asked me about that one. I think I was pretty, uh, uh, forceful in my press conference that week about how I felt about this place and whatnot. The Oklahoma one was a little bit different because, you know, we, we played the Clemson game and then I'm in Atlanta recruiting, I think on that Monday and, you know, my phone is blowing up with people that think I'm going to be the next head coach at Oklahoma. And, and it's one of those, do you, say something when there's nothing to it or do you not say something do you make a big deal out of it by commenting on it so i really didn't um but then it started coming up in some homes you know when i was visiting with parents where they flat out asked me and and connected me with oklahoma and i just had to tell them that look everything that i've said about south carolina is true that i want to be here that we can win championships here that i don't need to go anywhere else to do the things that we want to do here because we have all the resources here to be successful and and to win championships and, and i truly believe that's where i want to be personally it's where i want to be professionally and and uh you know certainly it's part of it you know you see it across the country with so many different coaches that are connected with jobs that uh, have left in the last week or two to go places and it's uh it's part of the profession right now but it certainly doesn't make it uh, easy that's for sure one guy i want to ask about on offense is landon sampson just a guy who catches a million balls I 
How do you kind of envision using him in the offense? And is that what you've loved about him? Just a guy that gets open and catches the ball all the time. Yeah, we've told him you're probably going to catch a million balls in this offense just because that's him. He uh fantastic coach out there at South Lake Carroll and Raleigh Dodge that knows, you know, how to get guys open. And, and Landon's awesome. He's um, really, really excited about his uh, potential and his future here at Carolina. He's just he's really, really, really talented. And he's one of those guys that you offer him and he commits to you and you're like, man, you got to keep this guy committed and get him signed in December all the way out in Texas. And and as he he had a fantastic senior season, even though he got hurt during the season a little bit, and he had plenty of schools that were coming after him at the end that were a lot closer to him than South Carolina. And he stayed solid with us, which I'm excited about. And um, he's just he's a really talented guy that I think we can utilize him in a lot of different ways and he knows how to get open he catches the ball and he's a great competitor and 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 he has that edge about him which i love as well this isn't necessarily a signing day question but since i have you i I have to ask how does spencer rattler austin stogner come to you how how does that all transpire that they're coming to you now yeah uh, i think it goes back to just the relationship i had with them at oklahoma um, the fact that, you know, I had I coached Austin and I had a relationship with he and his family and, and always thought a lot of Spencer. And um, when when Austin went in the portal, his dad reached out that, you know, that night and he was in Columbia pretty shortly thereafter. And during the visit, he mentioned Spencer and that Spencer may have an interest in talking. And then the ball just kind of got rolling from that standpoint. But we're excited about them. They're great players, as you know, they're great young men. And, um, and I think it, it gives uh, it, it, it brings so much more attention to this program. I mean, it's amazing. All of a sudden that news broke the other night and I've got all these class of 2023 prospects that we're recruiting that I'm usually the one texting them. They're all of a sudden blowing my phone up about Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner coming. And, and I think it just makes a statement about where this program is and where we're going and the fact that those two kids could go anywhere in the country. I mean, Austin was on a visit to Ohio State this past weekend and Iowa State before that. And Spencer could have picked his school, basically, but they chose South Carolina. And I think that opens opened up uh, a lot of prospects eyes to what we're doing here and uh, uh, made made South Carolina even more attractive. And, and now we got a day and, and everyone around them. We got to go play well and, and, and have a great season next year. Last thing. Stone Blanton, um, obviously a tremendous amount of Mississippi connections there, the state state of Mississippi connections at both schools. How do you win that one? And, and did you feel like you had a real shot at the end there? You know, I think my, my wife is from Starkville, so certainly the Mississippi ties with my wife certainly helped. Uh, my in-laws became like Stone's biggest fans. Uh, they still live in Starkville. And it was one of those that, you know, you always felt good about it when he was on his visit here in the summertime and he came on his own to our very first game. And then he came back on his own for our Clemson game, I believe, at the end of the season. And it was one of those that you say to yourself, man, there's going to be hard to get this guy out of Mississippi with all the ties, football and baseball. Um, but the longer it went, it's like, well, he he keeps communicating with us and he and he keeps coming to games. So I don't think he'd waste his own money coming to a game if he wasn't interested and and you know, he's just – he's got a great family and he's a great player and he's just – he's very genuine. The people – his mom and dad are fantastic and very, just very straight shooters and honest and, and, and have great values. And, and 
we just really connected Clayton White and our defensive staff, myself and Stone and his family. Uh, when he's been here, it was just very, very it's like a perfect fit, you know what I mean? And then when we went over to his went over to MRA and visited with him in Mississippi last week, we had an awesome visit and it was just very comfortable, very natural. And and you know, you you felt like you had a chance, but it was gonna be in the end of the day that he would he be able to pull the trigger and leave and 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 he was able to and, and we're better for it on and off the field. He's a great player and great leader and great young man. Help from the wife, help from the in-laws. By any means necessary, right, Shane? Whatever, whatever it takes. <laughs> right. That's South Carolina coach Shane Beamer. I'm Adam Gorney, Rivals.com. Adam Gorney from Rivals here with new Texas Tech coach Joey McGuire. How's, uh, how's signing day number one been for you, Joey? A lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Uh, we got some great football players that uh, we're excited about being Red Raiders. What's harder for you? What, what has been more challenging for you, let's say, building a staff or a recruiting class? Because both have, I guess, built-in challenges along the right. way. Um, a little bit probably the staff part. Um, you know, we had some guys in the building that uh, – and some guys that came with me that are, are phenomenal recruiters that, uh, you know, can evaluate at a really high level. And so uh, being able to do that and – and not really coaching on my end, we were able to recruit. The staff part was a little bit harder because it was so, you know, everybody was still in games. And uh, so talking to guys um, while they were still playing, I mean, you were trying to respect everything they were doing, but you were also trying to get your, you know, our staff set. Let's talk about the, the close here. A lot of Texas guys, I don't think that's going to be a shock. I think that's pretty much the focus. Um, but a lot of guys that were committed elsewhere, is uh, I don't want to say open season, but you're going to go after your guys, right? I mean, is that the idea here? Yeah, you know, it was uh, we we got some guys that had great relationships um, with coaches that we brought in, um, you know. And this uh, there was uh, some I, I'm not necessarily turmoil, but there was a lot of uh, different coaches changes, and yeah. and so I think uh, it opened up some things to where um, guys uh, were unsure, and and uh, we did we were able to get a couple guys that. Uh, even up until last night, um, we're saying, hey, coach, uh, calling and saying, hey, we're going to sign with you in the morning. So, uh, you know, really exciting times for us. Yeah, we talked a lot about this in an earlier interview that defense was definitely a focus, it seemed like, in this class. You wanted to load up across the board, but especially on defense. A guy like Joseph Adedire, four-star defensive end, how big was it to get him? What do you think he can kind of bring early on here? Well, you know, it was huge because he was – he's you know, he's a guy that can um, be a true edge rusher, you know, somebody that could possibly play a jack linebacker or that uh, field defensive end that can come off the edge. Um, we, we needed that. We needed somebody that had that kind of explosiveness. You know, we have some big bodies uh, on this team, but we, we needed some guys that could really come off the edge and get after the quarterback. So he was huge. And, you know, I've known Joseph for a long time uh, – his head coach is a good friend of mine and being in that area for so long, I knew a lot of people that had connections with him. Two guys that I don't want to say fell in your lap, but without coaching changes, it would have been interesting to see how it happened. Yep. Landon Hullaby, Ty Khan out West. What can they do for you, especially on defense that you're looking to, to really make a, make an impact there? Well, what's really cool about the, you know, Joseph's the same way as uh, their mid years. Um, so they're going to be able to come in and go through spring ball. Um, they're going to learn the culture from day one uh, with everybody else. Uh, but you're, you're looking at two guys 
you know, like Ty, he's coming from one of the best programs in, in the nation and, and they play great defense. And so uh, when you start talking about that, you want to play great defense, you want to bring guys in that knows they, he knows what that looks like and, and what it takes to be a, a great linebacker. So I'm excited with him. And then Landon, you know, his, he and his parents, are t- you know, they're some of my favorite people. I, I've known them for a long time and, and just a joy to be around. But having a guy with that kind of athleticism and, and that kind of size is going to help us in the secondary. The guy that's really interesting in this class and kind of came on late, at least on our radar, was Tavares Elston Jr. that came yeah. from Gulf Shores, Alabama. I mean, the film is just he hits like a truck, like yeah, like a big truck too. Um, what did you see from him? How did you kind of get involved with him and, and get a feel for him once you got him on campus? Well, James Blanchard, uh, you know, just uh, my uh, player personnel um, had a good relationship with him. And but it's funny you say that he he came in and of course we got a profile tape and we're watching game film and he turned on the first three plays and I was like, oh my god, this guy. I actually had one of my coaches say he plays with hate in his heart, man. He's just trying to, he's trying to hit anything and everything out there and, and he does it violently. And um, man, just an incredible kid whenever he got on campus. Uh, I think he felt really comfortable here. Um, he felt the family atmosphere and um, it, it was really important to get somebody like that, that, that again, we just start, start talking about playing defense um, you need guys like that to love to run and hit. And, man, he definitely loves to run and hit. A, a, a very solid first class. As you go through and you look at the team needs moving into 2023, are there specific position groups that you really feel like need to be filled into that group? Are you really just worried on 2022 and moving day by day here? Uh, no, you know, looking at both. Um I think if you look at the class that we just signed, I mean, it was very, we were very uh, purposeful as far as like really looking at the defensive line and adding length. And so we felt like we did that. And uh, there's still a couple of spots, you know, in that O line that I would like to, you know, find another high school offensive lineman if we could find the right right one. Um, And and really, I think you'll see more than anything. That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to get, uh, big, long uh, guys that we can develop and, uh, you know, love our culture and, and want to be on the field. And I, I think uh, if we miss on anything, we're going to miss on big guys. And so we're going to try to load up on those guys. Great. New Texas Tech coach, Joe McGuire. I'm Adam Gorney for Rivals.com. It's Adam Gorney, Rivals.com here with Auburn coach Brian Harson on signing day. Brian, another busy day, the early signing period. Um, you know, earlier today, you said uh, something interesting, and, and I kind of want you to kind of expand on it a little bit. You said recruiting is all about people, being in the SEC. What did you exactly mean by that? What did you kind of take away from year one of, of recruiting in, in such a cutthroat business down there? Yeah, well, it is. I, I really believe that. And, you know, today was a great day for us. Um, you know, the relationships and the things that our coaches have been able to do um, the last several months in, into building this class, you know, showed up today and, and it really comes back to the people. Uh, and I, I think it's not just about people in your program, but the right people. And, you know, that was uh, something that we felt strongly about with our staff as we started to look at um, these recruits and, and people that we wanted to have in our program. And 
obviously watching them and seeing that they, they, they're good football players. Um, they're going to fill needs that we have on the roster. But as we got to know them, what's the character of our guys that we're bringing in here? Because, you know, it's not just about the games. It's all going to build into that performance on game day. It's about the locker room. It's about the day-to-day um, environment that we're creating. Uh, it's about guys going to class, taking care of business, representing Auburn University um, in the community. And so, you know, all those things show up um, in your football program and certainly help you win football games. And um, so when you have the right people and you have the right people in the right places, you can do amazing things. And I think we got a lot of great people in our program now, and we just brought in 16 more to be a part of our future. I usually start with offensive guys. It seems natural, but I, I, I want to start with those defensive backs. I mean, the, the, what you loaded up with is really, really impressive. The Juco guys first, Gilbert and Scott. What did you see from those guys that you said you wanted to bring those guys in and, and really be a part of this? Well, I'll tell you one thing. They're both competitors. Now, that's easy to see. Just watch the film. Those guys compete. Um, they're physical. And, you know, those guys were consistent throughout the year. Um, you're going to see a consistent player from – from both those guys, um, every snap, uh, they're, they're going to be in position. They're, they're going to do their jobs. And, you know, those guys are out there to be the most successful they can be every single place. So uh, I saw two competitors. And then as I got to know them, um, both, both of those young men are tremendous, just character guys. And, um, you know, they want to be, they want to be at a place where they can be developed. They want to be at a place where, um, the things that they care about are important to the staff and are important to other players on that team. And so those guys are going to come in and make impacts in our program or guys that are going to be great in the locker room, leaders on the team. And, um, you know, and ultimately guys you want to be around that are, you know, uh, the important players that, that make a difference in your program. Sticking with that theme, because there's so many of them, <clears throat> J.D. out of Georgia was committed to LSU. You go to Baton Rouge for Austin Osbury. How do they fit in? What do you think about both of them? Yeah, same competitors, um, great people. Um, you know, all these guys. I mean, great students. Um, just very determined individuals. You know, that want to be successful and um, have both had success. You know, come from really good programs and, and know what it takes, the work, um, what it should look like, and I, I think it's you know like all the guys that, that we're talking about today. Um, they bring that to our program. They bring that work ethic. They bring that determination. They bring that drive. Um, they know what it should look like. And so, you know, just having guys like that in your program um, are, are going to help you achieve the goals that you set for this team and the things that we want to accomplish. So, um, you know, and, and their families and, and everybody involved in this process, you know, it was just done in a way where we built great relationships. Uh, we feel good about the direction that we're all going. And now these guys can come in here and just focus on being the very best they can be each and every day and uh, and go out there and strive to, to accomplish those goals they set for themselves. Another big win on defense was flipping linebacker Robert Woodyard from Alabama. On offense, Damari Alston takes a late visit to Michigan State. How nervous were you? <laughs> were you pretty confident that you were okay there? It ends up, ends up being good news. Yeah. Uh, Damari's been a great recruiter for us, uh, one of the best. And... Uh, you're always nervous about, you know, guys taking visits. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great coaches, a lot of great programs, and, and everybody's trying to do the same thing. They want to bring in great players. And Damari, not only is a great player, he's a phenomenal person. And so, you know, that worries you because you know that everyone's going to fall in love with him. 
And he was uh, now he assured us he was good and he was exactly that. He's a man of his word. And so uh, I'm glad he's with us because we want guys like that in our program. And and he's going to do a great job with us. Uh, And so I'm excited about that. But, um, you know, at the end of recruiting, it's a process. And, you know, these guys are making life changing decisions. Uh, they're going to be a part of something and, and they want to come in and, and they know they got to work. They know they have to put in uh, the effort in order to be uh, the player that they need to be. And certainly the student athlete that we all want them to be. Uh, and so having the right guys like Damari and, and the guys we're talking about, you know, we want to make sure that they're in our program. And um, today was a great day when he signed with us. You know, we knew that we got a great player and, and a great person. Camden Brown was another one that was I would say up in the air for sure. I mean, we were prepared different ways for him. How, sure. how did that kind of, how, how did that one kind of close out and, and get him locked in at wide receiver? <clears throat> well, that's been a process. He actually came up for camp. And, and so we've known and had that relationship for a while. Um, you know, he's going to be playing in his third straight state championship. And, and so, you know, he comes from a phenomenal program where success uh, happens each and every year, and, and those players work for it. Um, great coaching staff, and and so to me, it was about you know you want guys like that in your program. Um, and he's gotten better and better as the season's gone on. He's only gotten more productive um, in the games, and you know he continues to be a force out there in the field, and, and he knows how to win. So um, I think as we got closer to signing day, and the relationship was built with Coach Keysaw and our offensive staff, and uh, Coach Mason and all the coaches on our staff. Um, you know, we felt very good about him coming and being a part of our program. And today, you know, he he did exactly that. And so we couldn't be more happy to have him. Last thing, when you're talking about quarterbacks and people holding at quarterback, um, <clears throat> committed since last February, is that the ideal situation? Get the quarterback locked up, let him do some of the recruiting as well? I think that's the ideal situation for every position, if yeah. we could do that. Uh, certainly our quarterback, but holding – Holden's a guy that, um, you know, he's been steady and won a state championship, uh, captained his team to a state championship, has just gotten better and better the entire year. And just being around him, you know, he has a presence about him. He's done a great job in, in helping us recruit. And so, you know, when you got guys like that in your program, other guys want to play with those type of guys. And, and he's an example of that. So, um, we, we got a great group. Um, I feel very good about how today went. I'm excited about the next signing period. I'm excited about the future of Auburn football and these guys being a part of it. And, and uh, you know, we got a chance to celebrate that today. So um, recruiting never ends. We'll continue with that. But we got some great players now that are going to be a part of the future of Auburn football. Excellent. That is Auburn coach Brian Harson. I'm Adam Gorney for Rivals.com. This is Adam Gorney, Rivals.com here with North Carolina coach Mac Brown. Mac, a great day. We we're just talking off offline. Uh, no surprises. Just a no. just a phenomenal class, and everything it kind of came together for you. Thank you, Adam. It, it really did. It's it's been a phenomenal year, and every every coach you talk to today is going to say it's the best recruiting class ever because they better they're going to get fired if they've been recruiting <laughs> these guys for two years. They're not any good. Uh, but I do think Adam, this is uh, probably the best recruiting class in the history of our school, yeah. and and. Uh, all 17 are captains of their team. So it's a tremendous group of leaders. Uh, it's the best academic class that I've ever been involved with in, in signing as a head coach. And they're good. They're very, very talented. And there's only 17 of them. 
uh, but they're they're really talented people. And the only way you get to be a a top program in the country is recruit top players, and that's what we've done over the last two years. Yeah, number nine right now in our rivals team rankings, and that might even be a little low just because of numbers, just the number factor. Um, let's start on the offensive line, Zach Rice. Just a phenomenal physical kid, always just almost like a headhunter at offensive tackle, just wants to hit people. How did you win that one, and, and did you feel good once it kind of became decision time, or how did that kind of play out? Adam, he, he had 219 pancakes during the season. and 15, Sounds like me, Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's me too. I've had too many, but he, he can't have too many. 15 plus a game. Um, it was a long process, and, and he was recruited by everybody in the country. And we fell in love with Zach and Mary, his mother and grandma. And, and uh, Mary played basketball at Liberty. And uh, we need aggressiveness. We need toughness. We need leadership in, in the offensive line, and he brings all of that. And and uh, he fell in love with Stacy Searles, our offensive line coach, Adam, who has had a lot of NFL guys, and Zach wants to go to the NFL. Yeah. And he's a tremendous student. He wants to finish school, but but his goal is to play after college, and, and he felt like this was the best opportunity for him to do that. Speaking of guys that look like they're already in the NFL, Andre Green at receiver, just a big catch radius, big target on the outside. Um, another, another one that you, you beat, you know, let's just say you beat Clemson for him big. Um, what did you see from him to, to really prioritize him as, as that top target? I love his length. He's, uh, I've never seen a guy with as many one hand catches. I used to yell at receivers, use two hands with Andre. I'm just going to say, do what you do, man. You, you just keep using the, the one hand. We, we got fortunate his dad wants to see him play, and we're a little over two hours away from Richmond. His mom went to North Carolina Central here in, in Durham, and, and she ran track, and she grew up liking North Carolina. So Andre's a guy that Lonnie Galloway, our receiver coach, had a tremendous relationship with over the last two years. He always liked North Carolina. We're running an offense where our outside guys are key to our success, and he saw him fitting in that that position like a De'Ami Brown that we lost last year. So uh, we're, we're really pumped about Andre coming. There used to be a time, Mac, and I'm sure you remember this, that the running back wanted to be the only guy, the feature guy. He wanted all the carries. And now it seems like they want to be by committee. They want to play with other guys. And I think that helped you here, getting Hampton and Petaway in this class. How do you kind of envision using both of those guys? Adam, we would use them like we used Michael Carter and Javante uh, Williams last year. Yeah. And they were the, the best combination in college football, best duo since uh, back in, in the 205 with, with USC. So when you start looking at, at what we want to do, it was an easy uh, map out plan for these guys to see what we've done and, and where we would use them, how we would use them. And you're right, a guy doesn't want to get beaten up and carry it 40 times anymore yeah. uh, like, like we did with Ricky Williams. Uh, but the, but they, they want to play. They want to stay fresh. They want to stay healthy, but they understand that the game's changed and you go so fast. They need a break. So we're, we're really, really fortunate to have two of the best backs in the country. You won a big uh, recruiting battle for Bo Atkinson, a uh, really talented kid. I don't want to compare him to Aiden Hutchinson, but in terms of physical abilities and how they looked in high school, very similar, don't you think? Yes, Adam, all of us are trying to get pass rushers. Yeah. You're trying to get tackles for loss, and, and he's got length. He's 6'6". He, he, no telling how big he's going to be. 
His mom was a volleyball player at Connecticut. His dad was a football player at Connecticut. He's, he's right at a four-point student, uh, but he's got a good burst, and he's got so much length. He can beat that offensive tackle and get back and disrupt the quarterback, and if he can't get there, he's get his hands up, and, and it's hard to throw over him. So we're really, really excited uh, about him moving forward. And then really, to, to close it out here, Mac, Travis Shaw, the cherry on top, I think. Um, just a complete disruptor up the middle. Um, be honest, were you super confident in him up until decision time? How did that kind of play out? Because everybody, everybody wanted him. Yeah, Adam, I really was. He's got a tremendous family. I was at his home the other day for a family party, and and uh, there are between 30 and 40 people there. And, uh, they, they love that young guy so much. He, he loves the city of Greensboro. Winning a state championship in Keenan Stadium for Greensboro was really, really important for him. Uh, he wants to win for his state. He's the number one player in the state. He is a dom He's as dominant as any defensive lineman I've ever seen. At 6'5", 235, uh, he can run. He's got a tremendous personality. Uh, but when he gave me his word this summer, uh, it was over. It was 100%. He was coming, and I didn't, I didn't lose – I didn't lose any sleep over any of these young people uh, last night. In fact, I thought sitting there last night and this morning, it was so quiet, Adam, it worried me some. I right. said, there got to be something going on. And and all the guys got pushed late, and a lot of guys tried to make run. One even had a whole staff come and try to see him. And 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 they said, no, we're, we're committed. That's what we're doing. We're moving forward. Uh, so on a day where most of the talk is about who flipped and who changed, uh, I am so glad that all of our team captains, uh, all of our really smart young people from great families decide to stay with their word and, and continue to be at North Carolina. Top 10 class for the Tar Heels. That is North Carolina coach Mac Brown. I'm Adam Gorney for Rivals.com. This is Adam Gorney from Rivals.com here with Iowa coach Kirk Ferentz. Kirk, signing day again. Looks like you're all alone in the office there getting things ready <laughs> for another big day. And I just want to start with you know, the, the big news of the day, Xavier Wonk, but getting him in this class, what it means to you and, and how it all kind of came together. Because quite honestly, you know, six, eight months ago, it didn't feel like it was trending this way. Yeah, you're exactly right, Adam. It was a long process. And, um, you know, we knew a long time Xavier's a very special player. Uh, you know, some players you have to look real hard to see see some good things. But no, it's Xavier. He's, he's one of those guys that jumps out on tape. The other thing I'd note is he's, he's one of those guys, too. I, I was at a game. Uh, I only got to see the first half. And I go back and rejoin our team uh, the night before Penn State. And he ended up uh, blocking what would have been the winning field goal. He made the block. So he's just one of those guys that has a knack of being at the right place uh, at the right time. That's what great players tend to do. But, uh, you know, in all honesty, six months ago, I wasn't sure where we were or even, even if we were anywhere with Xavier. Uh, the longer it went, uh, the more it became apparent that we might might at least be in his thinking. And then certainly um, last couple of months, I think he kind of squeezed it down where a couple, three schools were most prominent. And, um, you know, fortunately for us, I think he, he just, uh, he felt good about our program. Uh, he knows some guys on our team. So uh, even though we had that COVID uh, pandemic dead period, I, I think he felt pretty comfortable. And then from June on, he's been able to get to know some of the guys in our program and just learn more about the program. I think he's, uh, I think he's really excited about this decision. Uh, I know not as excited as we are. We found out last Monday night uh, we were out with he and his family, and 
uh, it kind of came out early in the conversation. So it really made for a good night for us. Sure. What, what does that speak to? Just consistently going after a guy, not giving up, not passing on him and, and saying he's going elsewhere. I mean, what does that you know, say about you and your staff and the way you've kind of handled that throughout these months? Well, you know, recruiting is a team effort. Jay Neiman is the, the uh, area recruiter for, for his high school. Uh, Jay did a great job, but uh, everybody gets involved. Certainly, Tara Barnes, our director of recruiting, does a wonderful job staying in contact with the prospects. And then the entire staff, I think, you know, maybe uh, maybe what factors in a little bit uh, for 10 years. <coughs> excuse me, 10 years now they've had uh, defensive back of the year awards in, in the uh, conference. And uh, we've had five players of those 10. 10 awards, five Iowa Hawkeyes have been named. I think it speaks to Phil Parker's uh, not only work with our defense, but he's a tremendous secondary coach, the best I've ever seen. So I think, you know, I think Xavier was aware of that too. I think he felt like this is a place he can continue to develop his, um, you know, the talent that he has. Uh, we're, we're really looking forward to it. And, you know, it's just so critical. You want to keep your best players in state, obviously, and keep them uh, at your school. But, you know, it's, it's rarely easy. Let's move on because there's a lot of other talented players in this class. And I want to start at quarterback Carson May, um, just a big bodied kid that can really sling it and put up a lot of stats. Is is that what you're really looking for? And how did you kind of come upon him and, and get him locked up? I'm, I'm in, who is it? Uh, Carson May, your quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Car Carson um, came to camp and we really prefer coach, uh, quarterbacks come to camp before we offer. It's not always possible, but. Uh, yeah, Carson's a big guy who, who really we were very impressed with the way through the football, uh, impressed with his ability to learn uh, just the way he does things. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. He came to camp. Uh, you know, we liked him, obviously, or we wouldn't not have invited him. Really curious about him. He answered all the questions we had. And uh, I can't tell you, I, I, I got to sit here and think about Will Levis coming to camp a couple of years ago. Uh, Will came. We offered him. I think it was two or three weeks later, Penn State offered him goodbye, Will. That was the end of it with us. <laughs> now, coincidentally, full full circle, you know, we're going to play him in the bowl game. He's uh, done a great job for Kentucky. So uh, that is one thing. Yeah, we like to see guys in camp. I think we were Will's first big offer. And unfortunately, a bigger one came along afterwards. R running backs are always going to be in focus at Iowa as long as you're there. Uh, Caleb Johnson, a little bit of a differing uh, group here. Caleb Johnson, a bigger guy, Jazz Patterson more of a shiftier guy. Is that what you were looking for? Maybe a little bit of a game-breaking ability out of those guys? Yeah, we kind of went into – we always go into it with an open mind in every position. But, uh, yeah, they're very different backs, yet we think they're both really good backs. And uh, our roster is not deep at that position right now. Tower Goodson just left uh, to enter the NFL uh, draft. So, you know, we're really pretty thin. Uh, if you go out to practice right now, we, we don't have a lot of guys out there. So definitely wanted to sign two. And uh, yeah, they're they're a little bit uh, different type backs, uh, but we think they both have a lot of a lot of upside, and just really pleased with both young men. I wanted to ask about your offensive line group, the two guys, and obviously you know offensive line as well as anybody developed them probably better than any program in the country. Um, both are just about 270 pounds though, and that seems like it might be a negative, but actually as you develop those guys, it, it could be a positive. The ceiling is higher, all those kinds of things. You look at NFL offensive tackles taken in the first round, they're, they're, that's what they weigh in high school. Is that something that you look for when you're when guys that haven't peaked out yet, or is this just the case that these guys are just a little leaner coming in? 
Yeah, we're, we're not against it. If a guy, Connor Colby, came in here at 300 pounds, we're not against that at all. But um, it, that's not the norm. So, and this goes back to my time here in the 80s. You know, it wasn't uncommon for us to recruit guys that were 225, 235, <laughs> especially if they're multi-sport athletes, <clears throat> and then let them, you know, grow and develop in the program. And as long as the guy's got a good work ethic, good frame, that, that'll happen. It takes time, but it'll happen. And uh, so it's more of, a, I think, a, uh, not a totally uncommon case for us. We're, we're not against that at all. Um, we're, we're not against looking at guys that maybe are a little more athletic but aren't as uh, uh, big as some of the other prospects, and we'll, you know, we'll let them work in the strength program and develop. So that's, yeah, we feel good about both those guys. And they're actually 270 is kind of the upside for them. They're both less than that when they're in camp. Uh, again, I go back to the camp part. You know, when we get a chance to see a young guy work in camp and not only gauge their uh, uh, ability level, but also, you know, see what their work ethic is like and their level of toughness, that type of thing, coachability. And uh, both Kale and uh, Jack are guys that we felt like, you know, really are going to fit well with uh, Coach Barnett's coaching. And I'm you know, just excited to have them both join the program. Last guy I want to ask about is Aaron Graves, just a physical force you know, on the, on the defensive line. Is that what you saw from him? And, and how does he develop in, into being a guy that maybe takes on two blockers here? You know, you know, it's funny. We offered him, I think he was in sixth grade. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but uh, he was a really young guy. I think ninth grade. And I'm, I don't mind telling you, I'm not real comfortable with that concept. It's just a little scary. Um, but, and then the other, other aspect was, I think it took him 10 seconds to commit. And boy, is that nice, you know, compared to Xavier, he, he uh, boy, he took us right to the end. Uh, not literally the end, but he took us quite a while. Uh, but, but that's, that's recruiting too. It's all about the prospect and his, you know, his pace. There's no book on this stuff, but Aaron did commit early. Uh, Kodak moment for me was walking out. We had a camp, uh, an evening camp um, back in the summer on a Sunday. And I remember walking out to the field and, you know, I was looking around. I was like, who's that guy over there? It looked like uh, AJ Epinesa. And it was Aaron, you know, so it was, uh, it was without knowing who was who, just, you know, walking out there fresh, uh, he jumped right out. And then once they started uh, doing some things, he really jumped out. He's a really impressive young guy um, and a little bit of a different guy. You know, last year he was playing basketball and took up wrestling first year ever and uh, placed at the state. So, number one, that takes a lot of courage because uh, a lot of kids in Iowa start wrestling at a very young age. Um, but he, you know, he's a very humble kid and he went out and uh, competed at a really high level and he's doing it again this year. So we're just really excited to have Aaron join the class. Great. That is Iowa coach Kirk Ferentz with Adam Gorney for rivals.com.